0: Hey there, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's constantly at work in our mess. Because just like Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So if we haven't yet had the chance to meet, my name is Jen Jewel, and I get the honor of hosting this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which unleashes a true story of grit and endurance and hope. Every other Tuesday, which is partnered with the fabulous women of my church, Life Church, while simultaneously remaining passionate about locking arms with courageous women from all over the world, from all over the capital C church, who are willing, just willing, to share a piece of their life. So, as the host of a podcast, it's not unusual for people to ask me what's my very favorite interview. And let me tell you, though I love hearing from incredible, well-known women like Powerhouse, Christine Kane, or someone with such depth like Elisa Turkhurst, who are both incredible, by the way, and you should definitely check out their episodes. But I have to say that my favorites are actually those you might not be able to find anywhere else because maybe they aren't as well-known and maybe they haven't written a bestseller and maybe they don't have some massively gigantic platform, but they are women of God worth following women who are running their race with their eyes fixed on the prize, who are loving their people and serving their God with everything they've got. And y'all, today's guest is the perfect person to model how to keep moving forward when we're faced with ridiculously hard things, unexpectedly hard things. And maybe at this very moment, you can relate. Something has left you blindsided. Something has caused you to feel rattled and uncertain and just stuck in the difficulty, the frustration, the grief, or the mess, but something else inside of you is still holding on. There's a spark of hope that hasn't given up. There's an underlying strength that's up for the challenge, and you're still listening for and trusting in that still, small voice, because God Himself can be glorified even in the depths of sacrifice. So today, Caressa Baker is chatting with Amy Groeschel and myself. She's one of our amazing campus pastors wise, plus a mom to four girls and a creative baker who lives up to her last name. Guys, this is a regular yet extraordinary woman of God who knows what it's like to trust God with the hard stuff and use the brain he's given her to surrender control and take actions that are full of faith. So here we go. Grab your coffee, pull up a chair and join Amy and me for a chat with Caressa. Well, Caressa and Amy, welcome to The Messy Table.
1: Hey, oh. Caressa, we are so excited to have you on today. Mm-hmm. Um, you have been just an inspiration in my life as a fellow pastor's wife on the life Church team, and we want to know more about you. I feel like I'm going to learn things about you that I've never known before, but our listeners don't know anything, maybe. Mm-hmm. So tell everybody a little bit about you and your family, what you do. My name is Caressa Baker. And I have been
2: married to my husband, Brian, for almost 19 years. We have four daughters. Uh-huh. That's a lot of girls yeah. in one house. <laughs> um, yeah, that is a lot of girls. <laughs> we have a 15-year-old, her name is Abby, a almost 12-year-old, Sophie, a 10-year-old, Macy, and then a 6-year-old, Carly. Uh-huh. It's a good spread. Yeah. A Mm -hmm. high schooler and a kindergartner. It's it's a little crazy.
0: (laughs) I bet there's a lot of like bows and curls. Yes. Or maybe not.
2: They're very girly girls. I thought I would be a boy mom, and (laughs) God had different plans for that. Look at you. So I grew up in military family with my dad. He was Air Force for over 20 years. And something pretty funny is that Brian and I got married while he was in basic training, his one day off of base. Oh, was actually my 21st birthday. So I traded my dad's dependent ID for my spouse's dependent ID. Wow. And just kind of rolled straight into that. Oh, yeah, my word. Yes. His one day off. <laughs> His one day, graduation day, he got to go off base. And we said, well, you should just get married so I can go with you to wherever you get stationed. Aww. Yeah. I love that. Where did you get stationed first? Uh, we were stationed in North Carolina. Okay. So we were in a little bitty town called Goldsboro. Yeah, We were there for six years where we had our first baby. So we kind of grew up there.
0: (laughs) Where is the coolest place you've ever lived with this whole military life?
2: So with my dad being military, we didn't move a whole lot. He wanted us to kind of stay in one place. Mm -hmm. So we lived in Oklahoma the longest, but we did live in Guam for 18 months. So that was pretty fun, you know, living on an island.
0: How old were you when you lived on an island in Guam? I was in
2: (laughs) second grade. Okay. Second grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun, beach time. (laughs) And then being married to Brian, we stayed in North Carolina the entire time. Okay. He got to go to a lot of fun, neat places. I just stayed there the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. But he's
1: not military anymore. So how did that happen? Right.
2: So before he joined the military, we had attended Life Church, Edmund. Um, He kind of said, if you want to date me, you have to go to church because I didn't grow up in church. Oh, wow. And I said... Okay, that's a deal. I'll do that. Uh, so then we started attending and the 9-11 happened hmm. and he decided to join the military.
3: Hmm.
2: And when he did, he went to basic training in San Antonio. And then his first station was Wichita Falls, Texas. So we lived there for about six months. And on the weekend, we would drive up to Edmund to go to church because hmm. there wasn't church online yet. And then when we got stationed in North Carolina, we were watching church online. And then that was where we had our first life group. Oh, wow. So we had an online life group. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And it really helped me to just have that community of people because he Mm -hmm. was deployed Mm -hmm. part of that time. And just knowing that I had other people praying with me and supporting me because I didn't have family around. It was a huge, mm-hmm. huge difference.
0: And you said you didn't grow up in church. So I did not. This was a whole new world for you.
2: Right. It was completely different. And that's how I actually gave my life to Christ was through Church Online oh, while Brian was deployed. Wow. Yeah. Shout out to Church Online. Man. Yes. It has made a huge impact in our family's life because Brian got to watch the message while he was in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just ministering to me as a younger mom. And then he came back and he said, I don't want to leave you guys again. Hmm. And I said, So what's the plan? <laughs> I thought we were military for life. Yeah. And he said, I think I'm going to get out. And so we moved back to Oklahoma. And He didn't have a job lined up. He did guard part-time and then full-time. And we were just so glad to be back in Oklahoma in church, in the church building Mm -hmm, with people. Yes, we were so thankful for that. So we would go to Edmond again. And then uh, Midwest City opened up the weekend that I was... Pregnant with Macy, actually, and I said, "You're going to church? I'm in the hospital. You're still going to church? We've been waiting for this campus to Aww. open. Oh, wow! And so, so did he go? He took our other girls, and they attended. Oh, yeah. And then he came and picked me up, and we went home.
0: <laughs> I actually think I was there that day, and Amy, I feel like you guys came by that day, the opening day of Midwest City.
2: That is so right. We were all there.
0: <laughs> so what a weird connection. Yeah, except yeah, Caressa, she was, and hospital. you were yeah, I was in the hospital. (laughs) That's crazy. So now you guys are in Texas.
2: Yes. So while we were in Midwest City attending, he started serving, got plugged in, and people said, Hey, I think you should apply. And I really felt like that's what he was supposed to be doing. Hmm. But I needed God to let him know and not come from me. And (laughs) so then he finally said... The
0: real Holy Spirit. (laughs) Yes. Like, I need
2: you to say it to him. (laughs) And so he said, I think I need to apply. And I said... I think you're right, vitally. <laughs> but yes, Wow. so he did. And I remember one of my friends said, what's it going to be like to be a pastor's wife? And I said, oh, I didn't think about that part. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he's getting this job. Like, you're going to go to work. You're going to come home. Hmm. I didn't really think about that part. And so it was really like, no, this is a family ministry and not just your job kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then when he, you know, had that interview, I remember God saying, You're gonna go to Keller, but mm. I thought, that's crazy. And then we didn't get chosen for Keller. And mm. I was like, okay, it's still gonna happen at some point.
0: Keller, Texas is yes. where we have a life church location, just to clarify for people yes. who are, you know, not in this area.
2: Yeah. And then we ended up going to Owasso in Oklahoma. And I thought, well, that's further away from Keller than Oklahoma City. And we were there for a little while, and then the opportunity for Keller came, and I said, yes, wow, we have to go. We have to go. And that's
1: where you are. And that's where we are. That's amazing.
0: Yes. Okay, well the story of the Bible really is that God is at work in this mess. And I know that's been especially true for you, for your family. So we'd love to hear just a little bit more about what you faced. Uh, when have things been messy, but still God has just shown up?
2: Yeah. So our third daughter, Macy, as a baby, she was pretty sick. She had constant strep throat, constant and. Just being on antibiotics, they still couldn't get rid of it. They couldn't figure out why she just kept getting it. It would be antibiotics, back to the doctor, over and over and over. Uh, There was a time when she was under a year and she got hospitalized. And she had been on antibiotics for over 40 days Mm. straight. And they still couldn't figure out, you know, what was going on with her. They tried to do an IV in her skull. Mm. They couldn't get it. And so they had to drill into her shin while we were in the hospital wow, to get the IV in.
0: Her shin. And I have never heard of such a thing.
2: Yeah. The nurses at OU, we were in Oklahoma City at the time, and they said they had never done that. They had only practiced on a chicken bone. So it was oh, very... What?
0: Always what you want to hear. Right. It was very weird. we you're talking about your child.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, and I remember just being in that hospital, and the nurses that were in there, they prayed with us. And then just having our life group come up and pray with us, bring us food and snacks and just feeling surrounded by God's goodness Mm. during that time Mm. and having him just reassure me, cross it. We did not give her to you to take her from you. Mm. There's going to be a story from this. Mm. And so she got better. They released her. We still didn't really have any answers. She still kept getting sick. Uh, She was almost two years old. Still not talking. Hmm. We had some specialists come in, check her ears, said she can hear. She's just not talking. She's the third kid. Mm -hmm. Siblings are probably talking for her. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of what we thought. Okay, well, everything's fine. She just is kind of quiet. Everybody else is just speaking for her. Sure. And that does happen Uh often. Yes. Uh, So then we ended up moving. When we moved up to the Tulsa area, she was four going to pre-K. And Macy's always been just our quiet. She'll play on her own. Super easy. She's just super easy. Mm -hmm. Sweet. She doesn't get into trouble. She's not going to do anything that gets herself in trouble. Um, And then there was a time period where Brian and I had started to notice I don't know if she's not hearing us or if she's ignoring us, Mm. but she would be right beside us and then just keep walking as you're saying her name. And I said, something's going on Mm. like it's her ears or it's something. And then it was a spring break of 2016. We were outside at a restaurant walking to the car kind of by the street. And Macy is walking, but she's walking straight to where the traffic is coming. And she's not hearing us yell her name that she's walking into traffic. Hmm. And Brian looked at me and said, is this what you've been talking about? And I said, yes, Hmm. something's going on. We're missing
1: something. There's just not always cars right by her head. Right. And she's verbal. Like, when did she get verbal?
2: Yes. She started talking after two. Okay. It was just late. Yes. It was just much later than everybody else. Okay. Or than my other two, what I had experience with. Uh huh. And I did early childhood. That's mm-hmm. what I've grown up doing. So mm-hmm. I kind of knew something was just wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we made an appointment with the pediatrician. And we kind of noticed like a look on her face when these episodes would happen. And so I could describe it to the pediatrician. Uh, it looks like her eyelids are kind of fluttering. Sometimes she'll make a little like a pucker face with her lips or that she's chewing on her lip. Sometimes she would hold her hands together and kind of just squeeze them
0: hmm.
2: while it was happening. But she could still walk during these things? She could still walk. Mm. Yes. Okay. okay. Her body would still be in the same motion that it would if she was not having a seizure. Mm
3: -hmm. So
2: she would just keep going. So that's what it was. She was having seizures. She was having seizures. Hmm. Yes. So we took her to the pediatrician. She said, I think it's absent seizures. I need to make an appointment with a neurologist to confirm it. And when we went to see the neurologist, she had them multiple times in the office. And he said, yes, this is what it is. Hmm. And he kind of warned us. If she's riding a bike, she could keep pedaling, still have the seizure and not be able to hear, not be able. She doesn't remember anything that's happening. Mm.
0: So she couldn't really hear when it was happening because.
2: No, she has no idea.
0: What does the brain do or what does your body do when you're having one of these seizures?
2: So we've had a neurologist explain it to be like a bridge and It's the brainwave going across. And when your body has this type of seizure, it's like it just drops off. There's no bridge. There's no way to connect to the other side.
0: So she just doesn't remember any of it.
2: She doesn't know at all. Okay. How long do they last? It can last up to 20 seconds. Okay. So usually for her, it started out very short, like one to two seconds. Mm -hmm. The worst it ever got was probably about 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it will be back to back to back Mm. where she will come out of one and go straight into one, go out of one, go straight into another one. Mm. And in one way,
0: I mean, maybe it's a blessing that she couldn't remember. Right. Some of what was happening. But then on the other hand, she would have to be so confused. Yes. Like how did we suddenly wind up here?
2: Right. So if she goes from contrast from a really dark room to a really bright room, that's one of the triggers. Okay. Okay. So we were at church one day, and she came outside. And in the beginning, I wasn't as aware of her being right next to me. Hmm. I mean, when you're trying to get everybody out, Mm -hmm. you're trying to get everybody out. Right. And I look up, and she's not right beside me. And I see her, and she's not that far away, but she's far enough away that I could tell she had just had one. Hmm. And she didn't know where I was. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of panic for her like oh no I'm lost even though she's in a place where she knows mm-hmm. she doesn't see anybody you know her family's not right beside her mm-hmm. So it's little moments like that that was like oh so heartbreaking just watching that kind of thing happen mm-hmm.
0: So how many of these would she have per day and at what age are we at here?
2: So at five she started having more in the beginning it wasn't hardly any and it probably wasn't every day and then the more time went on the more she would have hmm. and 2018 is when it was probably the worst so she was 7 then mm-hmm. we had had a spring break we went to Oklahoma city and this is one of those things where she's running full speed has a seizure doesn't realize hmm. you know that she's running and we're right outside the Air Force Base, so they have a bunch of airplanes there for people to come and look at. And she runs face-first into one of the wings of the airplane, hmm. cuts her eye, Dash. and just she wakes up not remembering hmm. it happening at all. And it was at that point where she kind of took a turn for the worse, where she would just get so sick, and it was headaches and stomach aches and no energy, and over 100 seizures probably a day. Gosh. And it was to the point where the school would call us multiple times a week. Hey, you need to pick up Macy. She has another really bad headache. She can't do anything. Her stomach is hurting so bad. And during this whole time, I remember feeling like God said, no medicine. And I thought, well, why not? That's the easy thing to do. Like, that's convenient. That should help.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What am I supposed to do? Did you all do medicine for a while? We tried it right after she had been sick. And it got worse. Okay. She was losing bladder control during her seizures. So it was just, it got a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And I was just sick to my stomach thinking, okay, God, I know that you told us not to do this, but I just want to help my kid. Mm-hmm. And while she was sick, There was a five-day period where she had just got so sick to her stomach. She was throwing up every day. She wasn't eating. All she could do was sleep. She Mm. didn't have the energy for anything else. And she hardly had any seizures that week. And I remember thinking, it has to be food. It has to be tied to food. Mm. I was going to doctor's appointments, and I'm telling them this experience. And... I would hear them laughing and saying, you know what? Food has nothing to do with this. Mm -hmm. But we weren't getting any answers. There's no reason why she's having seizures. Mm -hmm. There's not a history of it in the family. We got to try something. Right. There was nothing that we
1: could think of to where they just all of a sudden started. And so could you pause for a second? I'm sorry. And like definitely we'll go back to where you are with the food and the doctor. But through this process of baby girl being sick and Mm -hmm. four and then five and all of these moments that were significant. Um, What was going on with you as in your mama's heart and how were you getting through this?
2: Yeah. So I really had to be very intentional of, I love Bible studies. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel like I'm really connecting and learning and growing and I had to dig into it and worship music. I had to just let it pour over me, even if I didn't believe what I was listening to or singing at the time. Mm -hmm. I had to do it until I did believe it. Mm -hmm. When you feel like you hear from God in a very clear way, you have to constantly remind yourself. So I remember journaling and writing it down. Okay, this is what you said. Mm -hmm. So I have to trust you in this. And I need you to provide. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was my prayer. Okay, God, I need you to show up. Yeah. I need just one step, just a little glimpse that you're there. And it would be little bitty things, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: either something that somebody would say Mm -hmm. or a song coming on the radio or a sermon message that kind of just spoke right to what I was thinking Mm -hmm. just to help me get through that day. Yeah. And it wasn't. Okay, in 10 weeks from now, I need to be here. It was every single day. Mm. It was every single day.
0: I don't blame you because I can imagine it was all consuming. Yeah. I mean, if you're thinking she could be having a seizure any moment of the day, I mean, were you anxious? Were you stressed? Were you sleeping?
2: It was probably all of those. We had read of there's a thing called SUDEP. So if a child has epilepsy, they could potentially die in their sleep having a seizure. And sometimes it was like, no information's okay, Mm -hmm. because the less I know, Mm -hmm. the less I'm going to have to worry about this. Mm -hmm. And then it was just reading so many things that I thought, okay, this is just too much. Mm -hmm. This is too much to know. Trying to protect myself, Mm -hmm. trying to protect our other girls. Mm -hmm. Because they had seen our youngest, Carly, had a febrile seizure when she was about 18 months.
0: And my son actually had several of those.
2: Mm. Yeah. Brian had to perform CPR in her. Mm-hmm. Wow. We had that. As well. And our other girls were there and saw it. So them hearing that Macy had seizures kind of brought back that fear for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it going to look like this? It's not the same kind, but I think just the word mm-hmm. sure. kind of scared them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And kind of in the same vein of the question Amy asked, like, how are you doing? How are you and Brian doing together? Like, how was your marriage during this time?
2: It was hard, Mm -hmm. especially because he had just started ministry. Mm. So he was trying to grow the youth ministry. I had really had just had Carly. She wasn't that old. And then having this diagnosis on top of all of that, it felt like, okay, we have to all be in this together. Or it's going to pull us all separate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how we live now. So everybody in the family, if Macy can't eat it, we try not to have it around. Mm -hmm. If there's something that she can't do, then we try to all rally and support each other through it. Brian and I had to be really intentional about still making time for Mm ourselves, And I had to learn it's okay. Other people can take care of her. Yeah. 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 I might have to lay out all of the groundwork ahead of time, mm-hmm. but it's still important for us to have that time together, mm-hmm. to get away, mm-hmm. to recharge. That's good. Yeah. It was real hard in the beginning. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mom has been working hard. <laughs> uh, even just talking about laying the groundwork to leave her. Like that's a lot of work.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. But worth it.
1: Yes. Yes. And I, I would imagine there might be some mom guilt with, mm. are you putting... So much emphasis into Macy Mm. that, you know, you're losing sight of where maybe you're where Abby and Sophie or Carly are at or at times, maybe. Oh, yeah. Is that part of it?
2: There was a lot of it in the beginning, especially when we found out about her diagnosis and it just coming out of nowhere of was there something that I did when I was pregnant Mm. or was it just the stress of everything? What was kind of the tipping point for her? did I not do enough? Mm. Did I do too much? Did we not do the right things? Um, All of that. And I try to be very intentional now is making it as equal as possible for all of them. Yeah. Um, You know, not just focusing on her and not trying to use that as like a weakness or a crutch for her. Because I don't want the other girls to think she's just getting attention because she has seizures and, you know, you're just forgetting about us Mm -hmm. when this is the journey that God's called her to. Mm -hmm. Your journey is is support as a sister, as a family member. That's your journey. And that's really important and special,
0: too. I'm sure that those sisters really look out for her as well
2: yes it has really brought them a lot closer together than i think they would be without that oh Mm -hmm. sweet and it's it's been a great story of faith for them to see just how god has worked through all of it Mm -hmm. the people that he's provided around our family yes the story that we get to share with others through the story Mm -hmm. how we get to shine God's light on what could be a very dark thing mm-hmm. and make it a
1: positive story. That's right. Well, can you go back where I I took you off track with the story? Because you're going into a changing part of the story with the doctor and the food and what happened there.
2: Yeah. So we had seen multiple doctors and none of them really believed that it could be food related. And I had just felt And seeing so much difference in that short amount of time that I could not let it go. And then I had people at church come up to me and say, hey, have you ever thought that it could be food? And I was like, okay, I hear you, God. So then I just started really praying for a doctor that would just hear my heart Mm -hmm. and kind of listen to the concerns that I had. Mm -hmm. And Brian was at the gym one weekend, and somebody came up to him and said, Hey, I found this really great doctor. You should, you know, see if he would be great for Macy. Mm -hmm. And Macy at the time had been so, so sick. And I literally had to carry her into the doctor's office. Mm. Like she was so fatigued, she couldn't even walk. Mm. And he said, You know, we're just going to pray for her right now first. And I thought, thank you, God, for the sign mm-hmm. and for somebody who was willing to listen mm-hmm. and love her as a person mm-hmm. and not just a patient mm. that would just come and go. And, uh, yeah, it was just nice to have that, just the care that we got from him. Mm-hmm. And so it started us on this path of, OK, what do we need to do to heal her whole body? Mm-hmm. Because his whole thing was. These seizures are a symptom, mm-hmm. a symptom of something else going on.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and everything's mm-hmm. connected. Yes. And he said, so how can we take care of that? Let's start with food. It's something that's easier to change than most things and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I said, OK, well, what does that look like? <laughs> and we had to cut out so many things. And at first we just were like, OK, this is too much. We're just going to have Macy do this. And then, you know, then you just have your house full of other stuff that she can't have, which is not fair at all. Mm -hmm. And the thought of how are we going to do this with a one-income family? We have six people in our family. Eating healthy is not cheap.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: How are we going to make this work? What am I even going to make you? (laughs) All of that.
0: What did you start with cutting out? So
2: we just... I said, if we're going to do it, we're going to go head first. Mm-hmm. So we started with a repair bite diet is what it's called. And you cut out everything. You cut out all gluten. You cut out dairy. You cut out nuts. You cut out all just everything. Everything but eggs, what? Vegetables, a little bit of protein. What you grow in your garden? <laughs> right. Basically. I mean, she couldn't have peppers. She couldn't have white potatoes. Hmm. So even foods that are healthy foods, uh-huh. she couldn't have those either because they're high inflammatory foods. So then we did that for, it was a 90-day process.
0: Yeah. And what happened? And
2: her color came back. Hmm. She didn't have any more stomach issues. She wasn't having abdominal migraines. And the leaders at church, so we had already been in Keller for a few years. And they said, hey, Macy's actually talking to the other kids. Wow. And she's playing and running around. And I wasn't prepared for her to have that kind of change. Hmm. Yeah. So stressed. I thought we're just trying to get rid of the seizures. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to get rid of them. Did the seizure slow or stop or? They did slow down. So they went from about hundred a day to about fifty. Okay, wow. on that,
0: which is a big change. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it wow. was huge, and during that time, it was just it was hard, mm. and then the thought of reintroducing foods. It caused me a lot of anxiety because mm-hmm. I thought, well, what if I add it back? And it gets so much worse because right. there were so many times where we took a step forward and we and then we took 10 mm-hmm. steps back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just so afraid to do more harm than good. Mm-hmm. And I said, OK, I'm trusting you, God. Like, what do we add first? What's the next step? So we slowly started adding feedback and some were safe and some were not. And I said, I need a clear, I need it to be clear that it's not good for her. Mm -hmm. Like make her body break out in a rash. Mm -hmm. Something that I can see that I'm going to know this is not okay. Mm -hmm. And the first food we tried, that happened. She had a rash all over her. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, not this. Mm -hmm. So it just made it a little easier. And I felt like it took some of the pressure off of me to just, okay, God, she's yours. Mm -hmm. You love her. Yeah and i'm giving her to you. Hmm. Just let me steward her well mm-hmm. is really all i want to do. And so then we just kept adding food, taking away food and during this time i'm just reading everything i can get my hands on about the brain and the gut and the connection and hmm. just whole body healing.
0: Yeah. Tell us what you've learned over the <laughs> years.
2: <laughs> I i really am a nerd when it comes to all of that. And so anytime anybody talks about food or gut health or brain health, I'm like, yes, please share. I love to hear about it And the doctors. Every time we go to the doctor's office, I ask all of the questions yeah. because I just want to learn as much as I can
1: so that I can help her. It's wonderful that you've educated yourself. And, you know, I think that's what we as adults learn that we need to do is kind of
3: mm-hmm.
1: a little bit of playing doctor alongside good doctors to learn and know, especially when it involves our family, our children. So where is Macy today? It sounds like she's in a much better place.
2: Yeah. So she has not been sick since we started that Repair Vite diet. She's not on that protocol anymore. It's called Repair? Repair
1: bite Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
2: Yeah. And she's not doing that any longer. Now she just has no gluten, no dairy, and no corn. Mm -hmm. Those are the only things that she can't have right now. Mm Really? Wow. But she's down to maybe 20 seizures a day. Mm -hmm.
0: And you said these are about like 10 to 20 seconds long?
2: They probably don't last that long now. It's probably maybe 10 seconds is the longest. Okay. And
0: the main symptom is that she just kind of blanks out, basically.
2: Yes. It kind of looks like she is daydreaming except she will blink a lot Mm -hmm. so if you don't know that's what you're looking for you might think she's ignoring you Mm -hmm. which we've had happen and i had to say i'm sorry she can't hear you right now she's having a seizure Mm -hmm. and the word is scary for some people because they think of you know a grand mal or another type of seizures where she's going to fall and convulse convulse mm -hmm. right so i'm like just give her a minute she'll be back in a second kind of like a little commercial and is she in school right now she is in school right now and it's been a whole learning situation mm-hmm. how to handle school and just everything just extra needs that she might have
3: mm-hmm.
2: now do her classmates notice when she's having one of these episodes or not necessarily only when they're pretty good friends with her and they speak to her often and mm-hmm. they will see it if she's in the hallway and they're walking she may stop hmm And she usually has a buddy that stays with her. That way she doesn't have one of the situations where she comes back and she says, where's
1: my glass? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So I wanted to ask Caressa, like, how has this whole journey in the big scheme of things, how has it changed you?
3: Mm
1: -hmm. So growing up, I felt like I had to
2: be a strong female. I could do everything on my own kind of personality. Mm. And the whole, this whole thing, I said, God sent Macy to me just so that I could learn to release that and learn that sometimes it's okay to be weak Mm. because that's where his strength comes. Mm. And that's what I've had to learn this whole time, that it's not about what I want to control or about what I want to do or when I want it to happen. I just have to give it to God
1: every single day, over and over and over and over. Mm -hmm. I... Um, was taking some notes and I love that you were saying I've, I have to write down what I think God's showing me, and then I remind myself and remind myself in these daily reminders, and this daily, God, I just need one glimpse of you working today, one little encouragement from somewhere today. And mm-hmm. and that's just a wonderful place to live, regardless of what anybody's going through. Of, mm. And makes me think of the scripture that we are to uh, encourage one another daily so we're not hardened, because you could get hardened in these difficult situations by all the challenges and just, you've stayed so tender and soft towards Mm -hmm. the Lord. And then there's one more scripture I just thought of when I think of you and what you've gone through from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11, and it's just the heart of God. And I think how it reflects so well, how he has led you that it says, he tends his flock like a shepherd and gathers his lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. And he gently leads those that have young, and I just see the Lord's gentle leadership mm. in your life as you lead and steward. As you say, your daughter uh, may see through this. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, I think what stands out to me is not only your faith, like, okay, God is with me. God, show me the next step. God, give me a glimpse of what to do, but also your willingness to kind of that faith and works tension Mm -hmm. of like, okay, well, what do I need to do next? Mm -hmm. And also listening to your gut intuition or whatever we call it, Mm -hmm. um, that something's not right, or I think it could be food, or I'm noticing this, like Amy said, coming alongside of good doctors and saying, okay, well, this is what I'm noticing and seeing having a front row seat to my daughter's life as the primary caretaker. This is what I'm seeing. And, you know, I, I need to talk to someone about it. I need to find someone who's also going to listen to me as I listen to them. And so I just love that you stepped into that. Like that faith in works. Yes, I have faith in God, but also he's put me here as her mom and I'm going to step into it. I'm going to see what I can do to help and to make her better. And Caressa, you had told me about something that your daughter wrote on a sticky note and I'd love it if you would just share that because I think it's so
2: beautiful. Yeah, sure. So two years ago, she wrote on a sticky note and placed it in the kitchen, which is where I am most of the time. It said, work hard for me today, mama and that's what i
1: have to do. Mm. that's what i've been called to do. wow. and she's depending on it. yeah. it's just like she sees that that's what you're doing. i love that. i know. i hope they do. <laughs> mm-hmm. i hope they my learning. kids don't know. i've been working hard for my kids and they don't they don't see it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is
0: sweet. it's like she knows. oh, i love
1: it. you're doing it. this for me, mom.
0: yeah. you're my advocate. yeah. you know, i was telling cressa just gosh when I think of someone who is such an inspiration, someone just who has had to persevere through some really hard days. And she's like, well, I don't really have another choice. Like, it's not just me. It's my daughter. And so that little sticky note, work hard for me, mama. Mm. I just, I love it.
2: Yeah. That's what I've tried to tell our our whole family, really. And just anybody that you matter enough to put in the work, even for yourself, you're worth it. Mm. My kids are worth it. Mm. Even if I have to stay up all night making lunches for the next day or if I have to go to 10 different grocery stores just to get the groceries that we need that she can eat. Hmm. They're worth it. And really, I've had to shift my whole focus on my own health with food because I didn't realize how much it had a hold on me. Hmm. Just... Any kind of celebration with food or birthday parties Mm -hmm. or school functions, all of those things have so much food influence. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And it's really had to be a brain or a mind shift for, Mm -hmm. for me, for my family, that you can still have fun in all of these things. And the focus doesn't have to be the food.
0: Oh, that's so good. Okay. So I know this question is probably going to make you a little uncomfortable, but I would really like for you to be honest and share. Obviously, you're talking about some of those sacrifices that you've had to make, just all the grocery stores, staying up late, doing whatever it takes to make sure that your Macy girl can eat. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us some more of those sacrifices that not everybody sees. What are some things that you do that barely anyone else even knows that you do?
2: Mm. Yeah. So, um, There's a lot of sacrifice. If we go to a birthday party, I have to make something that she can have. Uh, You can't usually go out and just buy something from a store Mm -hmm. that I know is safe that she can eat. Mm -hmm. Or I have to, if we go out of town and I have to leave her with somebody, I have to basically make all of the food ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot more work Mm -hmm. than just, Hey, here's my kids for a couple days. Mm -hmm. Um, There's not a lot of people that I will leave her with because I have to know that she's eating what she can eat and that's going to keep her body safe Mm -hmm. and not make us have to restart everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is, it's a lot of time in the kitchen. It's a lot of, I mean, I'm the one in the family that cooks. So it's breakfast, it's lunch, it's dinner, Mm -hmm. it's everything. Yeah, it's, it's not real convenient most of the time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just want it to be easy. Mm. And I just want to be like, oh, let's just go through a drive through and let life be easy. Mm -hmm. But that's not, that's not what we have been called to. Mm -hmm. That's
1: really so interesting because I've had daughters with dietary changes, significant ones as well. Three of them on very strict diets now, Anna, and Joy, but it's been when they were older. So I haven't experienced having to do what you're having to do because they, you know, two of them married cook for themselves. And so they were already out on their own when their diet changed and then for Joy, she always just likes to to be hands on and make her own things, but the sacrifice there is so real. And now there's a lot more foods, you know, that are available. They're, they are more expensive, especially ready made foods. Yes. So thankfully, there is that, but I totally get that sacrifice. But I had to highlight too that. When you said you're in the kitchen Mm -hmm. that you make and follow you on Instagram, you make some incredible looking fun cakes for people. Seems like you found kind of a love
0: for
2: it as well, (laughs) a joy in it. That started while I was pregnant with Macy. So I started helping on hospitality and they needed somebody to make meals for people. So I said, well, I could do that. And then I heard about a ministry that made cakes for foster kids. And at the time... Pastor Trevor, you know, was really talking about kids in foster care. And then I felt like it was on the news and Mm -hmm. it was just something God placed on my heart. And I said, I can make a cake. Mm. I can make a cake for a kid, even though I had never really done that before. Mm. (laughs) And so out of that, it's just taught me to bake. And now I can bake for people with allergies so that they can also feel like, yes, I can have a treat Mm -hmm. and it's going to be safe And I don't have to worry about what I'm eating. Mm -hmm. And they're so cute. Thank you. Like,
0: I'm sure they're delicious, but they're adorable. Yes. Thank you. Really
2: awesome. Yeah.
1: I think everybody needs to have a fun treat every now and then. (laughs) See, I love it. I love that that came from the foster thing. I didn't realize that. And Mm -hmm. because those kids don't often even sometimes know when their birthday is, let alone get a birthday cake or gift. So that's beautiful.
0: Now, do you kind of do it as a side business?
1: Uh, Yes, God
2: has blessed us hugely in that way. So when I started doing it for the foster kids, Brian was in and out of jobs at the time. And I was like, "Okay, God, if you want me to do this, I really need you to provide. And people would buy cake stuff and then I would just bake and bake and then people would request cakes. And it's just kind of turned into a side business Hmm. that really just helps the family out.
1: I love it.
0: So. Overall, I know there's so much and it's hard to probably bring it all to a close, but as far as just what you've learned, what God's taught you, what's something that you just really want people to know about God's character through all of this? What's something that you want to share?
2: Uh, that he is still good, even when it feels like life is crazy and chaotic and feels like you might be drowning. He's still good and he's still there mm. and you just have to cling to him. And there have been definite moments where I felt like there's no way I'm going to get through this without you. Mm. I need you to carry me through this. Mm -hmm. And he's still good. Mm -hmm. There's always something good. You just have to look for it. Mm. And whether it's like she had one less seizure than she did yesterday. Mm. That's still good. Amen.
0: How have you wrestled through some of those tough, almost theological questions? Like, why is this happening to her?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I have thought about that, you know, okay, when is this going to end? Haven't we been dealing with this long enough? Mm-hmm. Why her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I try not to stay in that mindset Yeah. because, you know, the longer you do, the deeper down you can go, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And so I just try to, like I said, I try to journal mm-hmm. and then I try to remember, okay, you brought us out of this situation You're going to bring us through. Mm. You always have. Yeah. He always has. Mm.
0: I just hear an unwavering trust in your voice.
2: Absolutely. Yes. And I feel like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain. My faith story has been built through all of this Mm -hmm. because I have seen him faithful each step of the way Mm -hmm. that I have no other reason not to trust him. Mm. Wow.
1: I agree as well. And I think that one thing that I think is so helpful is for people that have lived um, amongst chronically ill, is that you always have good advice for us on what we're to do. What would you recommend and want us to know as we come alongside people that are facing someone with a chronic illness, Uh, kind of the do's and don'ts, what's your go-to thing that you want people to understand and know? Yeah,
2: that's a good question. I really appreciate just random texts. And just encouragement of, hey, just thinking about you today. Mm. They don't really have to do anything because a lot of the times, like I said, especially with food, you have to be super cautious with it. Mm -hmm. And I can't just take a meal from anybody. But you can pray for us. Yeah. You can take my other kids and spend some extra time with them so that they don't feel left out. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Just little things. Um, Right now. It's been super important for me to try to share with others what I've learned Mm -hmm. so that their families aren't ending up in the same situation or a similar situation. Um, You have to advocate for your kids. Mm. And if you feel like you're not getting the care that you need, you need to find somebody else. There you go. And that's okay. You don't have to feel bad about it. Your kid needs you to do that or even for yourself. If you're not liking the care that you're getting. You have to find somebody else who's willing to listen to you Mm. and answer your questions. That's good. And just cheer you on. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. And like you said, it's because we're worth it. Yes. That child's worth it. You're worth it. I think that's so encouraging. For sure. Yep.
0: Well, as we kind of come to a close here, I know that obviously people are amazing resources. You've had so many people praying for Macy over the years. We've been praying for Macy Mm -hmm. over the years, which is just, you know, it feels like a small thing, but it's also a really big thing. And we would just love to know what other resources do you want to share with everybody, whether it's books, whether it's websites, whether it's podcasts, sermons, anything that you just want to share uh, that's really been impactful to you.
2: Yeah, so I really love the book, Dirty Jeans. It's a great resource. It kind of breaks it down on super simple terms. It has a little test in there to see what could be going on with your own self mm. or somebody in your family. And then he also has a podcast and a website. And then I really loved Hope in the Dark mm. by Pastor Craig. Mm-hmm. It helped me in the wrestling mm. part mm. of this whole thing, of knowing that I could bring my questions to God. And that I didn't have to feel bad about it and that it was okay. And that it was just a great reminder of he already knows what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. It's okay if I say it out loud. If he's still going to love me. He's still going to be there for me. Mm. So that's great. And that series was also amazing. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. All of those. And we can link all of that up
2: yes. as well. So, And then there's another podcast that's called Naturally Nourished. She really knows her stuff as far as medical side goes. She's a functional doctor. Mm-hmm. So it's more that side of things. Um, there's a little swearing in it. So <laughs> just I'm warning you ahead of time. But you said she knows her stuff. So that's great. She knows her stuff. She's very educated. And she looks as food as fuel mm-hmm. approach. And that's really what we've learned through this whole thing. That food is fuel for your body.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I love all worship music. Mm-hmm. Elevation worship mm-hmm. has been some of my favorite during this time. Mm. And Life Church, the song You Are mm. was really good. Even when I couldn't sing it, I could still mouth it. <laughs> and mm. God knew that was my heart at the time. Mm-hmm. There's another book, it's called If You Knew by Dr. Kyle Daigle. Mm. It's very short. It's about 50 pages. It's very good. Just an overall gut and brain connection. So it's short read. Kind of gives you the basics. Mm -hmm. Super simple. And any Bible study. Any Bible study I can get my hands on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who are your favorites to do?
2: I am doing
1: Elijah right now by Priscilla. Oh, no, Oh, yeah. And it's amazing. Mm. That's awesome. Well, I love that you told us earlier and then you've capped us off with that you immerse yourself in the Word of God. You immerse yourself in worship. Even when you don't Mm. feel Mm -hmm. encouraged by it, you just, you know, you need it and you keep pouring it in. And that's so wise. With that, I know that God's been equipping you through that. What would be a final word of encouragement for our listeners today? I I would like to say
2: that you are your best advocate for you, for your children, for your spouse. And if you really feel something deep in your gut, you have to know, okay, I have to try it. I have to take that next step. Mm. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit just guiding you and instructing you Mm -hmm. and listen to it. Even if it's uncomfortable, you have to be brave enough to stand, even if you're standing by yourself. Mm. Fantastic.
0: So good. Well, I know I, I'm super inspired by your life and your determination and your perseverance and just the way that you love your kiddos, love your family, and have not given up. And so thank you for modeling just such a dependent trust on the Lord, even when it's been hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means so much more to those around you than I think you even know.
1: Exactly. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. Yes, you've been so authentic and real. And I think that's very telling too, that you're not trying to put on some sort of super spiritual strength. You're just depending on God and it's beautiful. It's evident. Thank you for um, letting us talk to you today. Thank you. Well, whatever the
0: hard thing is that you're facing today, we just pray that Caressa's story will encourage you and inspire you to trust God in the mess and also to use the brain he's given you because it's faith and works. It's grace and truth. And we're going to stand with him for everything in between. Well, all of the links and resources mentioned are linked in the conversation notes. You can also subscribe for free wherever you like to stream Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. You can also join our email list and be the first to know when a new episode goes live. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram at the Messy Table Podcast. Guys, thank you for spending some time with us today. It's truly such an honor. And as you head back into your world and into the week, remember, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in the mess.